You are listening to Oblivion. It is December 27th, 2023. David, uh, we're a traditional family around here, and um, so therefore I shall be receiving um, uh, three French hens this evening um, to celebrate the third day of Christmas. Um, <clears throat> speaking of that, uh, Christmas was canceled in Bethlehem. <laughs> uh what what you know it's like a it's it's an onion uh um headline but it's actually true it's just like the onion <laughs> the onion has a hard time keeping ahead of of uh, situation here it can't out satirize the world's self satirization <laughs> yeah um yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, there isn't much new to say about um, uh, the uh, Gaza genocide. Uh, it's still rolling on. Of course, no holiday is going to get in the way of that. They probably, um, you know, bombed extra um, uh, Christian churches uh, just for the fun of it. That's uh, little heard of, but uh, uh, on. You know, they're bombing all the Christian, uh, just anything, you know, any building that's got anything in it or uh, just for no reason at all, they're bombing them. But, of course, they're, they're you know, uh, as we've said before in the program, uh, all the targeting, uh, most of the target, even though they're doing a fair amount of just uh, dumb bombs, um, the uh, there's a whole lot of the smart bombs and and uh, cruise missiles that sort of wonderful uh, equipment uh, that we're providing and uh, of course it's uh, highly targeted and uh, you know they're uh, uh, singling out people just um, you know just for the you know the targeting just to kill anybody with any kind of prominence. Uh, you know, make that a special, uh, put that a signature on their, uh, <laughs> on their missiles. Um, I, I saw a great, uh, um, Robbie Martin, uh, 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 Twitter guy, uh, has a great podcast with his sister, Abby Martin, uh, Media Roots Radio. Uh, he has been doing AI images recently, and he made this great one of of Biden maniacally signing, a, a, you know, like a, a missile. <laughs> he's like got this, it's like yeah, <laughs> look on his face, you know. Um, yeah, so um, I don't know what more else is to be said about this. It's just a um, ongoing genocide and. Of nothing, nothing like it really, because the Holocaust. Even though there was a lot of uh, um, uh, records kept by the uh, the Nazis and their atrocities during the Holocaust, uh, they didn't they didn't have live TV, man. They, you know, they just there's no way they could beat us uh, with our uh, high tech high tech genocide. Well, that's an interesting point because. When I think of the Nazis, I, I think of um, Goebbels, right, and the the propaganda machine. Oh and, yeah, and he, of and course he he was very admiring. He was very admiring of our, um, you know, famously of our uh, marketing uh, prowess. Uh, you know, um, uh, the ability to propagandize the population. Uh, 
uh, he was all all into that and uh, used many of the <laughs> innovations we made, like CNN. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was print and radio. Um, you know, you can get a lot on radio. I mean, that's uh, get to hear the the fear, do screaming out is whatever. You know, uh, <clears throat> along with uh, your uh, soft programming on the th- three channels, you can officially listen to on your <laughs> uh, Nazi radio box or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, is it really that different than where we live, where we've got five channels here? Um, uh, probably not so much, and, and definitely the channels that you, the three channels you get to <laughs> choose from here is just one hundred percent go 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 genocide, right? I don't know. Um, <clears throat> right. So there's some just uh, I think interesting developments to be noted is that the the media machine that uh, in the uh, in World War II, which was really when this modern media machine emerges, um, it's it is now something that can uh, put a a lens on what is happening in real time, right? And I think that sort of the banal academic response would be to implicitly at least praise this development like and we can we have reporters there and we can see this but then i would say right but it's still happening and so development of technology happens but like develop human development right enlightenment goes nowhere like what kind of a creature does this Right. If you just look at human beings doing this to other human beings, it's so maddening because all this footage that you see in Gaza, because they're now able to go into some of the parts of it that have been obliterated. Right. One source called it a wasteland made me think of the T.S. Eliot poem. But you're kind of seeing this vision of the end of the world in the sense that like the human being is just, this is it. Um, you say the same thing about Bethlehem where I think it's a priest from Vietnam who lives in Bethlehem. I can't remember the guy's name. It's always these people, uh, like Tanya Hodge Hassan, who I heard the one time, like I'll hear them one time. They're always the interesting ones that are smart and I wish I could remember their names and keep up with them. But you've got these other pigs that uh, have to hog the spotlight. They're the only ones we ever see and they're zany and uh, tiresome. Um, but nothing, uh, this uh, person in uh, this Vietnamese uh, priest in, in Bethlehem was saying, uh, you know, God, even God seems to be silent. Like there just doesn't seem to be any kind of presence or force that it is going to make this uh, stop. And then that makes me think about um, Chris Hedges and the piece that he wrote a little over a year ago about the war in Ukraine, where he says the war industry, not uh, Putin, is our is our biggest uh, enemy 
right? Talking about the same playbook, repeating cycle of what's going on in Ukraine. And I would at this point have to point out that this is we're seeing this happen uh, in Gaza, right? With the Israel Hamas war, the, the genocide, which is is for sure uh, what it is. But here's the thing. Israel is now saying this is going to go on for months. So you start to wonder, if you look at it from a military perspective, just like Hedges points out, the objective really isn't going to be met, is it? Like, we have to start to doubt, like, we're crying out loud, how many... How many civilians do you have to kill? How much of this place do you have to just blow to bits? Right? Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this, I, 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 I have everything. To... It's this brutality. Right. Yeah. And that is why it makes it genocide, because it is just about killing these people. There really is no other objective. Like, we want to get hmm. yeah. rid of this person, this leader, destabilize this, reclaim this territory. And like when you talk about get rid of, how does that ever happen? When has it ever happened? Well, I, I, you know, if if they keep going at it, they'll definitely drive them out of of um, Gaza. Um, <clears throat> you know, they're trying their best, and of course, in the the north, uh, they and th- the north. Uh, That's one way to look at it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Gaza, the northern part of Gaza, you see the the before and after images and the satellite images, and uh, you know it's just been completely flattened. And they're going out of their way to like uh, they're pumping in uh, salt water into the aquifers to salt the uh, the drinking water uh, aquifers, uh, and they're. You know, totally destroying any and all um, um, uh, agricultural areas. Uh, you know, they, it's completely genocidal. It's making it impossible for uh, there to be anything for them to return to. Um, there, to sustain life there. Sustain life there for sure. And uh, I don't see why they're not going to just keep rolling down south until they're into Egypt. Right? I mean, um, I don't. I don't see the. Um, I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, uh, if that's the right meta, uh, phrase, uh, for any end. I, it's not apparent yet. You know, usually, uh, for instance, the Ukraine, as soon as this Gaza thing, uh, genocide started, uh, you know, it was time for Ukraine to be uh, scaled back, right? You know, that was that was the opportunity. Since the light was off of Ukraine, now we could start, like— uh, you know, the the doubting stuff started to suddenly appear in the New York Times uh, down the page, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the establishment media was uh, instantly talking about the, you know, it, it may not happen like they're saying. They may not be able to win, uh, um, and, uh, you know, and uh, which— um, is obvious there, and of course, there's no winning really uh, with the Gaza thing, unless winning means you know kill them all, uh, which uh, so far I don't see any resistance to in the halls of power. I see plenty of resistance in the streets, still plenty of o- ongoing actions uh, constantly uh, 
um, annoying the officials uh, um, still marches throughout the world. Um, that's still going on. But so they're uh, just going to carve all life out of what <laughs> once was. Oh, you know, I, the the Israelis really have such a genocidal attitude. Uh, you know, it was like uh, early on. Well, it was probably a month into it or more. You know, the populace of Israel, 60% of them thought we weren't, you know, being harsh enough. And uh, it was like 2 or 3% thought that uh, we were doing too, being, they were being too harsh uh, in Gaza. So, you know, when you've got that kind of mindset throughout the populace, uh, the dehumanization, the extreme racism, they're indoctrinated from the time they're small, you know, that, you know, we're the chosen ones. And, uh, you know, that these other people are aliens that need to get the hell out of here, right? You know, because they're... Um, yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's very well described. And, and I think right there, that is the crux of imagination is more important than knowledge, right? That's where the lack of development in the human being, where humans are stuck with that mindset. Yeah, and it's nowhere is it more intense than in the Holy Land. And you want to talk about <laughs> paradox, Un- unholy, yeah, the unholy hell that's going on there. Yeah, yeah. Like, how does it? Um... What they're, <laughs> they're waiting for the Prince of Peace. So you, you mentioned with the when Bethlehem was canceled. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, definitely, the the Prince of Darkness is uh, ascendant. Um, apparently, I guess those right. cri- those fundamentalist Christians uh, had it right that uh, this is going to be- begin the apocalypse. Right, that the um, that the, the tribulations are happening in the Holy Land. That's part of uh, some of these dominionist fundamentalist uh, nut jobs uh, that. Uh, you know, are allied with Israel because of their end times beliefs that that uh, you know Israel will be the seminal place where in the Holy Land uh, um, the rapture will start. You know, the tribulations, um, all these um, things that are framed that they uh, really well, believe. Well, now here's an interesting idea to make some some connections here. Mm. Um, is um, it's like a self fulfilling prophecy that you have this influence of religion where supposedly if it's going to do any good is that it it's you know the the prince of peace right it's going to brings uh peace and and comfort and some kind of enlightenment and wisdom to people to get them through their uh daily lives and then i just this past week there was an article about hypochondriacs and how they're 84% more likely to die young of like something bad. And so clearly, and the researchers support this uh, claim, which is that there's a, there's a connection there that you can literally worry about your own health so much that you can kill yourself, make yourself sick. <laughs> yeah. And right. if you're, yeah, yeah. If you're religious to the point of being fundamentalist, then you can work yourself into such a 
a, a tizzy that you will actually uh, conjure and you will manufacture yourself this apocalypse that drives the narrative of your vision right and and there's no willingness to uh get beyond any of that and to look at it like anything else once upon a time this was not here like this can't be the the beginning i mean even people that go on and on about literacy talk about the the break from being just a knuckle dragging savage tarzan to um smoothed out you know windsor not antony blinken right that happens because humans learn to read and then you read you become smart and you learn your morals and so forth and your work ethic and you read a lot and you carry around these texts and books and you get things done like bankrolling genocide. Hey, that's, Uh, it's hard work, Dave. Right. Well, not just anybody could do it, right? Not just any savage ape barbarian could just uh, go around killing everything that it, didn't like or that it found either uh, threatening or uh, unsavory or something that it thought was uh, offensive and upsetting to have to be around. Yeah, so let's move to, uh, let's try to uh, laugh a little more from the, um, but it's a similar story. It's uh, like Hamas uh, is the embodiment of evil uh, there in the so-called uh, Middle East, uh, West Asia, whatever you want to call it. That's probably a better term. Um, uh, we have this story uh, from Yahoo Finance, oddly enough, says, North Korea banned laughing, drinking, and shopping for 11 days to observe anniversary of Kim Jong-un's father's death. Those caught were taken away and never seen again, in quotes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, this sounds a little, little cray-cray, but, you know, it's nothing, nothing new. Uh, the directive reported by, get this, Radio Free Asia and covered by Newsweek, but Radio Free Asia, for those who don't know, it's uh, um, these radio programs are, uh, you know, uh, U.S., um, you know, government propaganda, CIA type uh, operations. Uh, you know, famously there was Radio Free um, Moscow or <laughs> uh, Russia, or I don't know. Uh, uh, that was the famous one back in uh, before the Cold War ended when we were youngins. Um, so uh, it, when you see it's from discotheque. <laughs> yeah, right, Radio Free Asia, you know you're going to get a load of shit. And, of course, a little farther down, during the morning period, we must, stop, must not drink alcohol, laugh, or engage in leisure activities. An unnamed resident of Sinuju, North Korea, was quoted as saying in the Radio Free Asia report. Okay, so that's uh, – we got some – 
Uh, we know this has got to be true coming from Radio Free Asia. <laughs> An unnamed resident of North Korea said this, apparently, right? <laughs> Uh, so, you know, completely made up and, and this is, um, you know, this has been going on, uh, you know, for the last 50 years, uh, that, that, uh, how crazed, uh, and ridiculous the, uh, North Koreans are and, and just like the mosque, um, thing, you know, it's highly, uh, racist, chauvinistic, uh, claptrap. Uh, yeah, it may be a, a more closed society in some ways than than the U.S., uh, but uh, you know, basically, it's um, uh, <clears throat> we could have uh, made peace in uh, North Korea and and unified uh, Korea long ago if that was part of the plan, but we're still officially at war with North Korea. Um, and, uh, we, we just, uh, are going to keep it that way forever, I guess. Um, um, similar to our other stances, you know, against Cuba and against the Palestinians, uh, you know, we just got to beat them down till the end of time. All right. We got to, well, another interpretation that I, that I had of, of that piece is since when is America any kind of, uh, free flowing, you know, open display of right. joy right which is kind of the way <laughs> yeah. i read the article oh yeah 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 the hit I mean, here here we would on. never think of like saying that you can't uh, laugh and uh, well, uh i think about the, the ban on drag queens <laughs> okay yeah right 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 that's not i mean what what is a drag show it's uh it's an expression of joy right i mean it's not a somber it isn't like being in a downtown and in, in an American city, which is just totally desolate and completely void of, you know, any kind of positive energy, right? It's either no people at all or they're, you know, formally dressed and they're very serious and they're, uh, they're in a hurry and, you know, they're not in a good mood, right? And then, Maybe there's a big giant stadium somewhere, and for <laughs> less than one percent of the year, there are people in there, and even there, most of the time, they're just sitting there and Ang- angry, <laughs> throwing angry. Th- throwing drinks at their <laughs> their opposing <laughs> teams uh, <laughs> fans. Uh, yeah, that made me think of you know Nothing how how y- years ago, um, you know, I remember. Now, gosh, this was probably 80s and 90s. They would, when they, they would show North Korea, it was always like a stadium full of people, and they were like holding cards up uh, and making like an image of, uh, uh, of the great leader or the flag, you know, Korean flag or something, you know, a hammer and sickle oh, right. <laughs> in, in the stadium. Yeah, so, yeah, real different than what we have here, David. <laughs> Here we have right. the wave. Like <laughs> Here we have the wave, and we have right. the tomahawk chop. Everybody doing a tomahawk chop. <laughs> herd, herd mentality. Everybody wear white. Everybody wear black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, game. I mean, those crazy North Koreans. I mean, fuck. I just can't believe it. <laughs> what a terrible place. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so... Um, uh, oh, let's quickly comment on another thing you sent. CNN, CNN reports evidence of Russian troops in Ukraine uh, may be fueled by drugs and grueling battles. 
Now that's a hilarious one because it's like, uh, you know, it, this was made famous with uh, speaking of the Nazis. You know, the uh, uh, the Germans were uh, led the field, although uh, the U.S. did it too. Um, you know, you had uh, heavy use of amphetamines given to the troops because fuck, you can just keep. You know, you don't need to sleep. You know, you get a bunch of energy. Uh, and uh, they just keep on rolling through, you know, Blitzkrieg, man. It was fueled with amphetamines. And, uh, of course, even during uh, World War II, that was standard issue to have a few, uh, to have available uh, amphetamines for the troops there, too. I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, this is what uh, uh, gives you a performance advantage, right? <laughs> uh, and uh, this is the standard. But, of course, they're, like, claiming that the Russian troops... Uh, you know, they've got to have some drugs to get, make them super uh, villainous, right, if they're on drugs. <laughs> so anyway, it's kind of a throwaway little article, but, um, you know, uh, um, help, helps us um, transition into our um, ongoing coverage of cannabis in the U.S. of A, David. Uh, Biden pardons uh, marijuana use nationwide. Here's what that means. And uh, I'll, I'll, in short, I'll tell you what it means. It means jack shit like it did last time. Uh, <laughs> uh, that he supposedly another cocktease <laughs> pardon from drug warrior Joe Biden. Yeah, genocide Joe. <laughs> uh, he wants to genocide all those uh, 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 dope heads. Um, uh, that's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, dope heads. Um, they're dope, and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, good, good old, uh, good old term. That's, I'm sure that's how he thinks. That's good, dope users. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm sure that you're right. <laughs> Genocide and dope. Genocide and dope in your head. Don't be drill. Um. Uh, Biden issued a similar pardon last year and promised future reforms. This year's proclamation went further in that it forgave all instances of simple marijuana use or possession under federal law, including for individuals who have never been charged. Okay. It also expands Biden's previous directive to include minor marijuana offenses committed on federal property. Okay. Wow. The White House says thousands of People with federal and district convictions will be eligible for the pardons, which Biden announced three days before the Christmas holiday. Uh, criminal records for marijuana use and possessions have imposed needless barriers to employment, housing, educational opportunities. Too many lives have been upended because of our failed approach to marijuana. It's time that we right these wrongs, but I bet you that the uh, White House policy with people that uh, say they used uh, cannabis uh, hasn't been lifted. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, as we've mentioned before, these pardons uh, uh, from last year that was supposed to happen have yet to be processed. So it's like, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll have to be and have their things um, for a few more years. Um, you know, it's um, just a continued joke on that. Um, and, of course... It does nothing. Well, it seems like he's mocking the legalization movement. Oh, oh, completely. By doing these things, I mean, how much longer does the list go of 
meaningless things that you can do so that you can say that you're making this incremental progress toward um yeah i mean sub the the most substantive thing that he can do immediately is reschedule um cannabis um so it's no longer the schedule one uh completely evil uh category right uh, marijuana right. remains a Schedule One drug. Drug of all. Yeah, uh, alongside heroin, LSD, and ecstasy, um, the DEA is considering a recommendation by Biden's Health and Human Services Department to reclassify marijuana as a Schedule Three drug. But it's considering it, David. It's not being told to do it, which he Biden could do with an executive order in you know five minutes, uh, anytime he wanted to. Uh, didn't, yeah, it's didn't, like he knows that these other people aren't going to do this, and so he says he sets it up so that they that they can do it. Oh, but it wouldn't be beyond my purview, right? Like I'm just another person in the government. It's not like I'm the president or anything. I'm not the leader. Like, well, then who is the leader? And of course, it's but it really is uh, Biden. I mean, he he really is the political juggernaut behind the war on drugs and marijuana prohibition and at this point i mean when i when i read that i i saw that this is just another meaningless um act i mean this like hollow token uh basically giving the finger to uh legalization or in any way moving forward on marijuana laws i thought if this really does reinforce for me just a, a complete uh, wholesale rejection of the Democrats and uh, that I can't really tolerate or accept voting for them, other people voting for them, despite the other issues that other people would say are so important that I don't see how you can vote for genocide. I don't see how you can vote for prohibition. And as you've mentioned in previous discussions on cannabis, I think it's 70% of Americans, according to the polls, that want it to be legal, including a majority of Republicans. And so there's just absolutely no reason. And I also think about all this empty talk about we've got to keep Trump out. Got to keep Trump out of the White House. We can't let Trump win. It already shows that Biden would lose head to head to Trump right now. But Biden's mm -hmm. not really willing to change anything, so it's hard to believe that he's all that concerned about Trump becoming president. Biden could certainly take uh, significant, meaningful action on legalizing cannabis, like descheduling it. I also think executive order decriminalization and saying, you know, right now any American 21 and up can have an ounce you can have so much concentrate and that's the end of it like it doesn't matter what state you're in states can have their shops or not it's up to you but no more you know criminalizing it and he's not you know he's it doesn't make any sense like if you don't believe that pot should be legal why would you be taking any steps to reform uh people with these pardons under uh federal law which another thing that has to be pointed out is overwhelmingly most of the convictions for possession are at state level. They're at state law convictions. 
the states would have to uh, issue the pardons. Now, Biden said that he would encourage governors to do this. But again, it's the same thing as saying, I'll encourage or I'll recommend, advise that these other people do this. Right. By the way, a little bit of a tangent, but that's really the way the Supreme Court should be operating. Right. Supreme Court only has the power to interpret the law. Supreme Court does not, does not, does not, does not have the power of enforcement. It does not have the power to make law. It doesn't have these things. And so the Supreme Court should be talking the way Biden does about marijuana on whatever it does. It should just be saying, we advise this or we would recommend that these people do this and that would be the end of it. The court can't treat the other branches of government like it's a a defendant that's been convicted of a crime where it has the power to say you will do this, like you'll pay this restitution or you'll serve this amount of time in jail, or you'll pay this fine or whatever's going to happen or uh, like a divorce lawyer in a, a with a, or a custody battle, right? A judge would say, you get custody, you don't, you get the child most of the time, you get them on weekends and on a holiday like Kramer versus Kramer. <laughs> anyway, that's, but I think you see how all this ties together, but like with Biden and then I think about Kentucky and Eddie Bashir, that's one thing we should be watching. One, Kentucky media is not going to cover this or ask Bashir the question, but two, is Bashir going to issue pardons for everyone convicted of a marijuana offense and will Bashir loosen up and actually take some kind of meaningful action. I really do think that Bashir's action on medical marijuana is identical in its meaningless and it's basically um, mocking legalization movement, using it as just a political uh, stance to show how sophisticated and smooth you can be like keeping everything where it is while pretending to take some action, technically taking some action, but there's no real meaning to it. It's certainly not proportional in terms of damage done by prohibition versus whatever remedy is to be availed from enactment of these kinds of pardons and this, you know, Bashir's East Berlin medical marijuana (laughs) program. Yeah, but I'm no, no da- David that. North Korean medical marijuana. <laughs> I, yeah, make the correct comparison. I was now. actually going there. I was going to say <laughs> the North. Yeah. yeah, actually, I think in North Korea, pot's legal. Well, yeah, or I, yeah. Maybe, maybe you can look that up. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how I came across. Oh that no, David, that you're actually beheaded if you do that. Sorry. Um, but that's uh, that comes from a report from Radio Free Asia. Um, so, but um, believe what you will. The the, the Kim Jong Un punk <laughs> is what they smoke over there. Yeah, yeah. and uh, makes you feel like you're Kim Jong Un. Uh, yeah, I'll, fat I'll, and happy. <laughs> Looks like a little Buddha, all relaxed, and uh, yeah, let's. Um, uh, um, 
move to hey, another. I'm going to make a prediction. I'm going to okay. say that Bashir isn't going to take any further action <laughs> oh, yeah. on marijuana okay. for the remainder of his uh, time as uh, okay, governor. I, that's crazy, David. Why would you think that? On what Biden has done and say, I'm going to issue a pardon for those uh, convicted of possession. I mean, do you uh, do you see? I mean, I think that's the, the, the kind law. of the general um, thing I would um, coalesce around what we're saying here is that from the top, Biden is setting the uh, Dem Party um, platform <clears throat> uh, stance, which is to uh, not be pro cannabis. I think you know. I don't know if you've seen. Have you seen any major Democratic? Uh, uh, people throughout the country like um putting that as as a, a part of their platform something that they're um you know i don't know i guess aoc will say will aoc be talking about that or will aoc be talking about uh medicare for all and another one of these um, <clears throat> uh things that uh, the dems are determined to nip in the bud even you know i assume they'll blame the uh uh, Republicans for for it if it ever comes up, but um, yeah, it's a, <clears throat> so yeah. Um, since um, um, Bashir is a party man, I'm sure that uh, um, you know he'll go quite right along with that. And uh, you know, for, for instance, uh, the um, Schumer uh, the senator who uh was kind of vocal about legalizing on the federal level and it's put m- multiple bills about that have you heard one word from from Chuck Schumer about these bills I was just going to uh, bring him up yeah yeah go well just that um the message is the message that's repeated and and I believe that I said at the beginning of this congress and then when when Biden got in, that uh, what would uh, happen is what has happened, which is that at first there was this uh, uh, vocal stance on uh, getting uh, marijuana legalized. It was all going to start with the uh, banking bill, right? That was going to be the first step to l- at least let these people let the marijuana business businesses uh, do business with the banks, right? And uh, and then that didn't even go anywhere. And uh, this right now would have been the perfect time for Schumer to have come back in with his adv- advocacy for reforming the nation's marijuana laws, right? To follow up on Biden's meaningless uh, Cocktease uh, pardon, um, but Schumer doesn't doesn't say anything, and so that's a that's an example of how the Democrats really don't care about uh, prohibition at the federal level, and they don't they don't really care about the fact that still in twenty six states, um, it's illegal. I mean, it's is illegal. As it's ever been, um, it's kind of hard to believe that you could get 24 states. That's also hard to believe that 24 states have voted uh, to to legalize it. Now, this is assuming that the Ohio 
Republican-controlled legislature will shut down the ballot initiative, which in Ohio state law, the legislature can do that. It can it can shut down something that's voted in through uh, ballot measure. Uh, but I haven't heard to this point that they're going to do that. But maybe now that I've brought it up, they'll they'll get around to doing that. <laughs> but anyway, as of now, it's 24 states. I mean, that's pretty close to half and that the other states wouldn't budge. I really think that uh, this is uh, federal bolstering of state level prohibition. And clearly the objective has been uh, to build a, a wall through the plains states, right? So that you drive a wedge and you keep the legal West separate from the East, right? You, there's no way that there's any kind of corridor where you can get uh, from one end of the country to the other with your uh, legal dough. And so you could let it kind of uh, be there and hover in in suspension there where they have like a glut, a surplus of it there out west and hope that that'll uh, drive prices down. Plus, with the cartels coming in to take advantage of the lax laws in terms of cultivation, like in California and and Oregon, that it'll uh, it'll fail in the states that it'll just collapse. Right. People go out of business. It'll just become so chaotic that uh, it'll fall apart and people will t will scapegoat it and turn on it like this was a bad idea. Look at what happened. And then uh, you're also keeping making it where uh, the Dakotas and certainly Kansas can really feast on uh, arrests. Um, and then, of course, the South is definitely uh, a lost cause for sure. Like, I don't believe in it at all. I don't think anything in the South will ever change or will ever improve. And that includes Kentucky. Uh, yeah, so I was just reading while you were speaking about the initiative in Ohio on the normal, normal site. Um, and, um, yeah, um, uh, yeah, so the legislatures did, um, try to change the, uh, the ballot initiative, uh, Hmm. So it looks it looks like they're leaving it um in effect so far. Uh um so it looks like it's going to happen in Ohio. Um it w did win by 57%, so maybe that's part of the uh the reason they're wanting to let it go through. Well, uh, so when will the stores open? Oh, I, I don't. I didn't see any of that here. Doesn't but, say uh, anything about that. Yeah, um, but I mean, it. 
It actually said that no, man, it, it, mean, it said it took effect. So you're the possession of two point five ounce up to two point five ounces, or fifteen grams of extract, and you can grow six plants uh, is already um, took effect thirty days after the measure was passed. Uh, so at least for now, no shit. it's legal, man. Now, yeah, whether or not, well, I mean, I guess they've had, um, yeah, so I'm, we'll have to look, uh, get back to the listener about the details as far as, uh, having retail shops, but, uh, they've had re, um, um, medical shops already, right? So it's kind of like the other states, uh, that started with the medical, they can just ramp that up. And uh, yeah, I mean, they they have one um, actually opened in in Kent where I went to uh, grad school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you mean um, a medical one? Yeah, right, man. It's hard to believe, man. <laughs> it was might have been going on my runs or after playing basketball, walk by and stuff by a medical place um yeah i mean maybe for our deathbed we'll be able to go to our local uh town uh go to the shop when uh, we're walking around with a <laughs> lost in me bag yeah. finally uh, walk into some place in kentucky and yeah <laughs> uh get get your uh wacky tobacco uh Man, I plan to be long gone from this place before I get anywhere close to having a colostomy bag. Yeah. Uh, Actually, I don't plan on that. It was just, that's one of my go-to images for, you know, getting older and breaking down. Oh, right. The colostomy bag? You mean the... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and of course, I it helps to have the, around my diaper. Yeah. It, it, it helps to also have like a cool, like, IV drip little um, a thing on wheels, little, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that you shuffle around with you, you know. But, uh, yeah, it gives you extra IVs going straight into your. Now, see, that might make it. Um, better you know you've got a colostomy bag but you also have an iv bag that's dripping like the best fucking drug straight into your veins all the time so it might not be so bad right i don't know so uh let's see um now to, to think of a place like uh kent ohio actually having a medical marijuana shop i do have to say that that's one of the things that i i see uh as a positive example about America that it isn't all just totally an awful place and that the people aren't all uh, terrible. So I'll, I'll have to acknowledge that. <laughs> and that the <laughs> oh other, Oh my God, I can't believe it. 24 States have actually done it. I mean, shows you that there are, um, that there are a lot of, good and honest people um but it still remains uh, kind of amazing um it, it should just show you all the more how hopeless all of the other parts of the country are that to think of it as having moved this far 
which I'll definitely say is beyond what I would have ever imagined. I mean, I could see some places out West doing it, but I didn't think you would see anything like, for example, Michigan, Illinois, and Missouri, Virginia, certainly I didn't think happened. But this, we're all sort of, you know, starting to build a, a border uh, around the around this place called Kentucky, right? Now with Ohio, with the exception of, of uh, Indiana, right, to the north, everything is, is legal, right? And only Tennessee to the to the south. I mean, you've got you've got one uh, one state to the south, one to the north um, that are also prohibitionist. But all of these other states are, uh, are are legal. So it really does have it does change the way that you would that you look at Kentucky, and it makes Kentucky's prohibition all the more extreme. And clearly. Uh, forlorn. I mean, just to think of, like, it's not just going to be coming from here or there. I mean, why wouldn't you want to get in on this? It's like I've said in previous podcasts, like if Americans believed in freedom, if they believed in capitalism, once if certainly the first two, once more than just those first two states did it, Everybody else would have been like, I'm, I'm going to get in on this, too. Like, I may not, I don't like marijuana, but I'll be damned if they can do it over there and we can't do it here. Like, I, the idea that we put people in jail for something that they can do somewhere else is wrong. That doesn't sit well with me. And Americans don't think that way. The majority, now it's a very small majority. It's basically 50-50 at this point, but still 26-24, think. I'm sure if you break the numbers down, because so, so many of the really populated states, California, Illinois with uh, Chicago, I mean, that whole West Coast, most of the Northeast, New England. So if you add up the numbers, it's probably got to be maybe even a majority of Americans live in uh, states with legal pot. Really, and then it brings you back to Biden. Like, with all this going on, what do you have to lose by just going ahead and legalizing it and saying, this could help me, it could help keep Trump out. Um, All these other states have done it. No one can blame me for... um, being the one to do this, you've got enough sample size places have done it for long enough. You know, it's not the end of the world. I mean, it's just nothing to lose. Certainly he's behind in the polls. He and all the other Democrats talk about how horrible it will be if Trump gets back in office. No, I would do it. Yeah. Well, he's such a right wing extremist and exactly. his, his, his exactly right. I mean, he's, we've talked about this many times before. I mean, he's been the super zealot drug, about it drug warrior, uh, from the beginning of his career as a politician, you know, and he's proved right. himself to be to an extreme and, reactionary. Yeah. So it's, it's hard for me to believe that he could ever be convinced, uh, that that's the way to go, you know? And, uh, yeah, so they're definitely not going to do that. They'll do things like 
um, I don't know, try to restrict Trump. Uh, you know, we I don't know if we've talked about the uh, Colorado Supreme Court, you know, denied uh, the ballot access uh, for Trump, you know, because he was an insurrectionist or something, you know. Uh, you know, and that's that's the kind of things that they want to do. They want to put him and lock him up, and uh, you know, so uh, that uh, evil Trump can't can't get in there. Anything is better than him, right? It doesn't matter how extreme the Republicans are. Uh, every other Republican, right? Uh, you know that it really wouldn't matter if Trump was there or not. The uh, same thing would be happening. You know, the game is not. Uh, Oh, we should uh, uh, enact social welfare programs, or um, um, you know, legal legalize drugs, or um, uh, the these sort of uh, progressive, uh, in our opinion, uh, right? And you keep uh, telling Democrats this, like you know, yeah. Hillary Clinton. Yeah. You know, why did she lose? Yeah, yeah. It was um, the, it was the Russians and or um, yeah, uh, misogyny. Misogyny, the MAGAs, the deplorables, uh, the Bernie supporters, of course, um, are right. the, part the of the problem. The woman gets more votes than the man, but misogyny is the reason that the woman lost. I mean, yeah, no, yeah. it's because of the way that you govern. You govern like Joe Biden does. You govern <laughs> like the Obamacon did, which is that you reinforce these these far right uh, policies. But I think. I've lost patience with Democrats who say that they are are, are voting to keep um, Trump out. I think it's time that we have to confront them and we've got to start saying, no, you're prohibitionist and you love these wars. You have to you have to start calling them out like at this point, I don't believe them. Because I don't believe people who vote Democrat and that they don't vote Democrat because they believe in prohibition and that they uh, that they believe in in these uh, in these wars, because there's no their their acceptance of these things is is open ended. And if they if they really didn't believe in these things, it wouldn't be like that. You know, they don't they don't say anything like. Um, you know, I'll put up with um, prohibition in order to keep Republicans out until such and such a date. But if it doesn't happen by this date, then I'll have to rethink it because then it's never going to happen. And uh, I'm really just kind of perpetuating all these things that I keep claiming that I'm against. Right. You can only vote for these things that you claim to be against so many times before I'm going to say I no longer believe that you're against these things. I think that's precisely why you're voting Democrat. And I think this this last, as you call it, jerk-off or uh, <laughs> jackass pardon move, giving the finger to the prohibition, I'm sorry, to the uh, legalization <clears throat> Uh, movement uh, that just put it over the top for me that it's time to start calling out the uh, the Democrat voters. Agreed. Need need to to shame, blame, and shame. So I've got a name for you in terms of uh, my uh, 
person of the year or my co person of the year. One is Tanya Hodge Hassan, the other is Callie Vellenturf. So, you want to look up this name for me real fast? Say, say that again. Uh, Callie uh, Vellenturf. How's that spelled? Uh, the first name, Callie, is a C-A-L-L-I-E. Mm-hmm. And then last name is uh, V-E-E-L-E-N-T-U-R-F. <laughs> Holy fuck. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's got to come up right away, man. I don't think there's a... <laughs> 31-year-old Massachusetts native a marine biologist who has been studying sea turtles for almost a decade. So she's been a big part of this uh, movement. Uh, Panama has just joined Ecuador and Bolivia as one of the only nations in the world with a countrywide rights of nature law. Hmm. The legislation was just used to help shut down one of the largest copper mines in the world. Hmm. And so uh, it's uh, Ecuador, Panama, and Bolivia. They've they have said that human rights extend to nature, right? That nature has a right to live and to thrive just the way a human being would. It extends the same, uh, just like you would extend human rights to, say, people of color in the 19th century, right? They're doing the same thing to nature. And I think this is an amazing story. Uh, yeah, and, and it's uh, largely, um, you know, large parts of it are, are indigenous parts of the indigenous um, philosophies and movements. Right, that must be preserved. And so they're, they're taking a, a action that is actually meaningful to stop this, this endless and relentless uh, pillaging of nature. Rights of nature! And, of course, Tanya Hodge Hassan, who, like my other favorite people, basically disappeared after that one time I saw her on the news, is the uh, the doctor who was working. Uh, she's a, from Jordan, uh, working uh, in Gaza, and said, like, six weeks ago, we don't need uh, aid. You know, we need, uh, we don't need more supplies. We need a ceasefire. And she gave one of the best interviews that I've heard about the whole thing that's going on. And um, so she and this uh, Callie Vellenturf are my co persons <laughs> okay. of the year for 2023. All right, sweet. Uh, it's been nominated and duly um, uh, recorded. Very good, then. And so to wish uh, the listener a happy new year, for my colleague and co-host, David Vernon Miller, this is Dr. David W. Overby, and you've been listening to The Oblivion Podcast. <laughs>